guess who's back? Back again. It is not Slim Shady. It's Slim Tay Tay here. Um, I am here to introduce the next part of my chat with Michael Loftus. Uh, I'm glad that you guys are having a great time as I know I was and am in part one so far. So without further ado, uh, part two with the, you know, comedian extraordinaire commentator, uh, stand up pundit writer, uh, Michael Loftus. You talked before, something I had a pin in in my head, is the drag queens and with kids and with all this impacting kids. Now, there's an elephant in the room that I want to call it how I see it. And this is what gets into, you know, my girl JK Rowling and Harry Potter, right? Is that I do feel like conservatives have this tendency to hop on any sort of thing as a conspiracy designed to corrupt America's kids. And I feel like it's exacerbated perhaps now more than ever. I didn't know this, but there's a new podcast that I'm obsessed with. I can't say enough good things about it where JK Rowling now is finally having her piece. And it's a really deep dive into her and feminism and trans and all this. Right. But it talks about, I didn't know this when Harry Potter first came out, how problematic it was, not only for conservative commentators, but also in the church and religious leaders and how they had a problem with it, witchcraft and fantasy and, you know, demonic this and that. And, you know, it seems like, again, that just reiterates different versions of itself today. I'm not saying there's somewhere it has to draw a line. Like, do I need a drag queen in a G string twerking in front of my three-year-old that I don't have? No, but like, Right. It's like, okay, but are, is it a little bit of an over-exaggeration sometimes? It, it always, it always like makes me laugh when, you know, I, and I remember that now as you're bringing it up, you know, cause I, I'm like, well, I should read these Harry Potter books just to see what all the fuss is about. And to me, <laughs> no, no, seriously, as I like, I've written on a bunch of TV shows, sitcoms, films, and to yes. finish, to finish a novel, this is just a novel uh it's funny and i highly recommend it but like that's a huge accomplishment right <laughs> it's like the one mountain i hadn't tackled yet and i plan on writing more so when i think of jk rowling as a single mom going to the laundromat writing this thing and thinking out this world and the world is so well thought out it's such a wonderful piece of fiction and then to have have people go oh it's it's sorcery it's witchcraft it's right. no it's a great story it's a great story. No one is actually one. No one's actually wandering around with wands, you know, trying to actually do this. It's it's fiction, and that's why when when everybody and be, and because it is such a powerful and I got nothing but love for J.K. Rowling. Like she is mm -hmm. a modern day Walt Disney. Nothing yes. goes out. Nothing goes out the door with the Harry Potter stamp on it unless she personally has overseen right. it. And you go to Universal. And dude, I, I got the wand, right. you know, and you're doing it and lights are coming on. It's fantastic. So they're really, it, it just goes to every time she's attacked, it just shows what a wonderful thing she's created. You know, even, even when she yeah. does silly things like, oh, Dumbledore was obviously gay, you know, trying to help out, <laughs> trying to, and you're like, obviously, bone. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember him sucking anybody's dick in those movies. <laughs> Did I miss that chapter? Was that fan fiction? Like, right. That go down. You know, right? Michael, it also, you know, same thing with the Nikki Haley thing. It also feels wildly hypocritical because 
this kind of blowback is coming from the same people. This is where it all just falls in on itself. And what I call like the woke eating itself. But like, these are coming from the same people who are wearing the pussy hats and all day long, like women this. And it's like, I see. So you're going to go ahead and attack, you know, a political opponent, right? For her age or, you know, JK Rowling, arguably the greatest literary, you know, created one of the biggest literary empires ever um, as a woman. And it's just like, like you should hear these trans activists they play audio recording michael in the podcast and they literally are like no one gives a fuck about to jk rowling you'll die alone you no one gives a fuck about you you scum da, da, da. and it's like what a way to bring everyone together am i right like it's just wild well that's i think that's the natural outcome of identity politics there's always going to be the I'm better at this than you. And it's just a circular firing squad. And right now there's a bunch of targets. But as people get canceled and apologize and go, oh, they always say the same thing. I I really need to educate myself more. God, give me a break. The As you eliminate targets, it just gets smaller and smaller. Right. Until until finally there it's just it's just one. Which brings us back to what the founding fathers were saying, like individual rights, individual freedoms. It's it's a ridiculous waste of time. The whole woke thing is just a ridiculous waste of time. It's so intolerant. And, you know, while we're talking about this and founding fathers, Michael, how about... Uh, you know, the idea of schools and universities. And there have been studies and, you know, polls that have come out that have shown that universities are wildly more uh, leftist than not, right? But like, do we need to change the name of this building and that building? And like, you guys are really going to go after Abraham Lincoln? Like, what? This statue and that statue? My eyes twitching. I'm sorry. My Penn State degree is fucking pissed it did not sign up for this bullshit what yes and 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 by taking down a a statue of thomas jefferson because you're judging him by today's standards like how what's what's the vast improvement like what's what is the up did you see the that freaking uh statue called the embrace that they did in i think it was memphis uh, on Dr. King day. Oh, oh my God. Yes. It basically, it was a personification of you and your wife with COVID that night. And that is the statue. Are they serious? Yes. Yes. And... It, was, it was horrible. See, that's just what I'm saying. It's like when I was talking about the, the human form and classical beauty sure. and architecture, all of it like that. It, it looks like a, a person just holding a giant dick turd. No, and it's dick just turd. Not a dick, not a turd. A dick turd. <laughs> yes. A Bringing dirt. everything together, people. Yes. But it's so ironic too, because again, it's where everyone have their, they have their blinders on and they can't even see their own discrepancies. It's like, this is again, coming from the same people now, but it's like a race history, but Ram home history with implementing something like CRT, right? It's like, what? Either you, either we acknowledge it or we don't, which obviously it's better if we do. So history doesn't repeat itself. Right. But yeah, it's like they cherry pick, you know? Yes. 
And then the question, and this is the question that I encourage people to ask, you know, when I do the Loftus Party podcast and uh, to a a degree on the website is, is why? Like, like with, with CRT, why? Like what and what is the what is the what is the benefit of it and it's, it seems to be equality of outcomes okay so if you go for equality of outcomes well then you're talking about socialism then right and like that never works it never works and it just leaves millions and millions of dead people like with stalin and china and everywhere else. so what is the upside and even pursuing that path i'm all about like hey everybody's equal at the starting line and if you show me a, if you show me a law or a policy that is legitimately racist, I will sure. I will protest with you tomorrow and I will never rest until that law is changed. But when you start talking about, you know, airlines, oh, we're going to have we're going to have, uh, you know, equity in the cockpit. We need that. We need to hire more women of color. We need to hire, you know, more uh, Native Americans with only one leg. And we need more Asian <laughs> girls with diabetes and a dick on their forehead. <laughs> Like, right. Can they fly a plane? Right. Can they fly the plane? Right. That's what I, I want the best people for the job. I I wholeheartedly agree. And it's funny, even with Nikki Haley, when you talk about before I'm a woman of woman of color, it's so funny because you're right. It like plays into the left thing. And it's like, we're seeing how that's going with our vice president who literally all she can focus on is like the color of a school bus. Like, I don't give a fuck that she's a woman. I want whoever is the best for it. Now I will say with all of this kind of reckoning, You know, it's like, I feel like a little bit on the seesaw because on one end of it, it has certainly opened my eyes to a lot of things that I didn't realize before. Even we talk about as women, right? Like pretty privilege, right? And the idea of like a white, pretty girl, perhaps getting into a room, a black girl wouldn't get into like things like this, like the little, even like resources and economically, like it's certainly opened my, my eyes of how I may have had a leg up, right? On the other end of that, I think that if you make it everything like CRT, like this, like that, it just like destroys the human uh, spirit. And I think that it's, um, it like debilitates you. Right. And that's why, like, I, I love the conservative spirit of like what you said, like we all are, you know, we're starting from, we're, we're right here at the starting line and we all have equal opportunity. And that's the beauty of this country. Um, but, uh, but I do feel like sometimes they'll go a little far and acting like it's not a thing at all. Like we're all totally this, you know what I mean? Where it's like, uh, there's a little more nuance than that. You know, it's not so black and white, no pun intended, but. Well, here's the, there, well, there's a couple things. And for like the, the good looking uh, girl, the benefits of that. Yeah. You can get into the club when the ugly people have to stand in line. However, <laughs> there's people. also. Well, that's that's just always been true. It's sure. weird. It's like it's like with sexual harassment. It's only sexual harassment when an ugly person does it. You know? Oh, I talk about that all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? But yeah. like, so you can get into the club, but how many people, no offense, and I, I like how many people meet you for the first time and probably and know nothing about you and think, oh, she must be stupid. Yes, and I love surprising them. It's the best thing ever. That's great. So so there's there's always like an unintended and that's what's that's what's happened every policy uh beyond uh you know hey everybody gets to vote it's like every policy the government puts in place has unintended consequences like the black community was doing 
much better on on paper back in the 1950s you know with family units less people going to jail less people being incarcerated more small businesses more entrepreneurship more home ownership and then when the government comes in right. and says hey if if you're a single mom we're going to give you some money sure. right 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 it just it destroyed right. the family unit and we're still living that out so i would just yeah. say everybody stop i know you want to help and i know it feels good to help but there's unintended consequences and instead sure. of like letting the federal government make this decision yep. how about you make a decision yep. as a human being to be a better person and even on a psychological level i like i said i think that if you put that in your head it holds you back i met this woman recently and she was such a badass and she talked about being autistic and raising her daughter in her mind, socially, these things don't add up. So in her mind, it's purely what you said. Like everyone is at the same starting point. And I love this story because she's raising her daughter with this mindset. Now her daughter, I want to say is like 14 and unbeknownst to her, she was taking college level classes that was like unknown in her school. And they ended up it, basically I'm butchering the story, but it's like, she kind of found out after the fact, like she didn't think anything of it. <clears throat> and then when she found out, it's like, oh, right. Because if you put it in your head, oh, I can only do this. I should be at this. You're going to limit yourself. And it's the same thing as any, I feel as a woman, any minority, whatever. Like if you go in your head thinking you're limited, then you'll, then that's what it'll be. But like this girl is over here, like, you know, taking the LSATs and being like, oh, I thought this was normal. I didn't. Know yes. Her, right. Yes, which is just such a wonderful thing. And that's like when in, in like nature versus nurture and all right. that stuff comes into play. And you are kind of a product of your environment. Yes. I remember yes. being a kid, being a kid and uh, my parents were watching 60 Minutes. So, you know, that was just, <laughs> however, they did this uh, social experiment where they took um, a family out of South Central L.A., a really bad neighborhood back in the day. And it was this African-American family, single mom, and they took her and they put her like in Encino or something, uh -huh. right? And so all the kids in Encino were like, we're going to go to college. We're getting good grades. But, and this family and these kids, they just thrived while the, the control group just went straight down. So it's like, yeah, you, you are the product mm -hmm. of your environment. And with this mom whose story you're telling, when she's like, well, just go learn, kid, go learn. And then all of a sudden I'm learning at a college level. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yep. Now, before we get into the climax, <clears throat> I know we have to wrap soon of cancel culture and comedy, your true um, expertise and life's work, you know, breaking out of that. Um, you know, there's a lot going on. You were just at CPAC <clears throat> and- we're also in the midst of all of the like the Dominion lawsuit and what's coming out there. Now, just to do a quick kind of thing on that, I want to get your input as someone who, again, you're always on Gutfeld, you're on Fox Nation in the mix. What I've learned from this is basically yet again, how both sides completely pander to their base because we're learning like perhaps these pundits and hosts when everything was going down, they really behind the scenes, you know, had disdain for Trump or this or that yet said another thing, another version of again, MSNBC in my mind, you know, we've proven now that masks are not efficient. It's been in the New York Times for Christ's sake, right? And they're still over here like, we won't let this pro tennis star in without getting vaccinated. Like it's wild, oh God, right? Yeah. So, you know, 
how do you see it? Because I got to tell you, it's really disheartening that it's like, not, not a surprise, but my takeaway again is like, everyone just basically panders to their base. Well, yes. But then you have to think like, well, who's, who's base? Like, I would rather be part of the base on the right. Who's going for individual liberty, individual freedom, you know, not cancel culture, America first, then part of the the base on the left. And this whole like Fox lawsuit thing really like so so the, the, their crime was they thought something in private yet presented another story in, in a journalistic fashion. Like, isn't that how journalism is supposed to work? I don't think you have to really believe something to do a news story about it. Like, I don't, right. I, I don't, I don't see. Well, so, oh, so hold on. Tucker Carlson doesn't like Trump, but he was on TV talking to a Trump supporter. That doesn't make him a hypocrite. Th that makes him a, a, a news guy. Like, but what if it was something like, and this is where it's like, I hear people on the other side, how you're like, I'd rather be in this base, right? The other side will say the same thing. But even to the extent of, say, it's like when everything was going on with fraud and if they thought, if even, because I watched it playing out at the time and them really pushing and believing wholeheartedly, like this is all a hoax, fraud, and yet perhaps behind the scenes being like Trump's a madman off his rocker. Like, I don't know. There's well, with here's here's what I know. Here's what I know. Uh, <laughs> the, the FBI, the intelligence community and all the media on the left said for years uh, that Trump was a Russian spy. He was a Russian asset. He was working with the Russians that they said that for years. And there was there was no truth to that whatsoever. And they never apologized. And our FBI was in on it. And our intelligence community was in on it under Trump. No new wars. The economy was doing great. Everything was going, but they kept acting like, oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. Then uh, COVID comes out and they tell us that's from bat soup. And now here we are all these years later going, oh, it was from the lab. So they lied about Trump. They lied about the lab. And then they're like, oh, if you get this vaccine, you'll never get COVID. Right. Well, they, now they people lie. in Australia, yeah. more people, more people with the vaccine are dying than people who don't have the vaccine. So, and now with the January 6th tapes that are coming out and they're shedding light on that. So someone is doing a shit ton of lying and every conspiracy theory that's been floating around on my side has been proven true. So that really makes you stop and, and scratch your head. What is going on here? I think we have a huge problem with the deep state, which I was told didn't exist. He's the same bill. There's no such thing as the deep state. Well, well, there is. And isn't it funny how the instant we get out of Afghanistan because Biden hates forever wars, now all of a sudden we can't stop shoveling money to Ukraine. Something is very wrong in this country. And it's the media and it's the deep state and it's the military industrial complex. And, and we really just got to tap the brakes. Mm-hmm. I'm merely suggesting, actually, I watched this off your site, um, what Russell Brand, he like obliterated this man on Bill Maher, but yeah. pointing out the fact that like the people like the MSNBCs have the balls to call out Fox for this thing where they do the very same thing, right? So 
I'm just suggesting it's, it just makes everything, you know, we have to take everything with a grain of salt and it's sad because it's like, I just think it happens all around, you know, well, and it makes at- us be like, what's even true, you know? And they, they both, I feel like to some extent, it's like, they both just like lie. Like, it's just like lie, lie, lies. Well, I think the lies have stacked up on their side uh, <laughs> like, quite a bit. More. The those are those <laughs> are some pretty big. Those are some pretty big whoppers. But you know? how much something that okay? So an example of this, right? Where I get into where it feels just like petty politics, and how much and politics have always been petty, right? Like we know this, but even like you know what happened with Ilan Omar, right? in Congress and how they took her off of her committee. And to me, it just feels like it's a game again of this tallying, like conservatives getting the majority. So they're reprimanding and like getting getting back at them because with January 6th and the committees, like they were taken off of their, they were reprimanded, right? So it just goes round and round. It makes me think like, do they really care about her anti-Semitic comments from whenever, or is it just them getting out the squad? Like it just, it makes you second guess everything and how much of it is in the interest of us, the people, right? Well, that's why, and this, this is oddly enough, this is something that I learned from writing television shows. You can get, you can get focused on one little moment with a character then telling one little joke. And that'll be, that's, that's Elon Omar. Ultimately that chick doesn't matter. She, she doesn't matter. You can either focus on that or you focus on the entire structure right. of the whole show. And so right. in the in the past, you know, since good Lord, this goes back to like 2015 and trying to step back and, and like what is important? What is that's when I'm really like doubling down on like, yes, you can go, oh, Elon Omar got kicked off a, of a, you know, of a, of a committee, yada, yada, yada. No, no, no. Here's a big one. Here's a big one. The World Health Organization says that 7 million people are dead from COVID and no one seems to want to hold anybody accountable. And to me, that's that's unimaginable. It was the freaking Department of Energy that came out and said, oh, it looks like it came from a lab. Like the FBI yeah. said it a while, but yep. then the, the story the story resurfaced and I'm like, I've been screaming about this for ages. Are you fucking kidding me? Seven million people are dead from COVID and no one seems interested in knowing where it came from? That's fucking you, outrageous. And this gets into your thing. And this, there's just one thing I want to ask about CPAC, but um, even Woody Harrell, when it c- pertains to comedy and questioning the powers that be, um, you know, Roseanne, Re- Roseanne Barr recently said, you know, that's dangerous if you're a person in power who can't take a joke. Woody Harrelson jokes about all the mandates and all this on SNL, and he's called a conspiracy theorist or he's pushing conspiracies. Like, give me a goddamn break. He's saying, right, what's actually true. I posted this to my story, and one of my followers was like, the racist lady has a point. No, but <laughs> um, really quickly, Michael, I know I'm going a little bit over, but with CPAC, I read a really interesting piece because you were there in the mix on the free press. And it talked about, you talk about the the base of the right wanting individualism and freedom and all this. But I have to say, this um, scared me in a way because it talks about how uh, the people forming around Trump, it's almost like Trump absolutism and how within CPAC, there were a lot of young Republican folks who were like, I like Nikki Haley. I like DeSantis. I like this. And they were fucking skewered by the Trumpers being like, you're not a patriot. It's like, it's almost like wokeism 
but a little another version of it, right? It's like, you have to obey Trump or else. Um, where do you think that's going and what did you observe in that I regard? think that there's a, a big struggle right now uh, in the GOP on the right about what what the future what the future of the party is going to be and and yada yada and here's here's the wild place that that Trump finds himself in the more you go after Trump the more Trump people will defend him right and and Trump as people. as all of this all America first people as all this yeah. stuff plays out you know, he goes, they're spying on my campaign. And they're like, oh, that's outrageous. Well, they were. And now we know the FBI was in on it. And they were, it was FISA abuse. And they were altering emails to make innocent people look guilty. I mean, there's a lot of shady stuff going on. And James Comey was in on it. Like, so, so when very powerful forces are trying to make this guy not happen, who is an outsider, and then, and then they're like, oh, no, look over here. It's this shiny thing. And don't be a Trumper. Oh boy. The Trump people will just double and triple down right. on that guy. And that is the huge appeal when, when you see, oh, it's going to be a, it's going to be another Bush family guy. It's going right. to be this other Nikki Haley that like, I don't want that. I want, listen, I'm, I'm not even kidding you. We could get 100 of your listeners. We'll get, no, we'll get 50 of your listeners. We'll get 50 of my listeners. We will run this government so much better than these morons who are professional politicians who are getting rich off of being professional politicians. And like, it's it's an undeniable truth. You can feel it in your bones. There's no reason. How come we're defending Ukraine's borders, but we're not defending our own? Right. How come Djokovic can't come into the country? There's just so much bullshit. And mm -hmm. regular Americans can cut through that. Mm -hmm. And for all his wealth and all his fame, Trump still is that he's that outsider. He's that outsider. Yeah. He's the those are the people I want in politics. Right. Regular ordinary citizens. Yeah. It's funny you say that, Michael, because as of late, and this is 100% honest, I've actually thought about getting involved and running in some way, shape, or form because of what you just said. Yes. I, I literally thought about it. I was like, you know, that could be interesting. Vote for AOC me. AOC can do it. I'm sorry. Vote for me and check out my OnlyFans. That would be the best. <laughs> no, period. It's like two American flags over my nipples. Done. Done. Um, right? okay. Or two eagles. Two bald eagles. Eagle. <laughs> yeah. Or the bald eagle. You know, that's another story. Okay. Last shebang, Michael. Cancel culture, obviously. Um, life, liberty, and the pursuit of laughter. Like your whole you know, message and your, your work and what you do, your book, like all this goodness. So we can agree, right? Like, let's say it for what it is. Obviously I'm not going to go on a whole thing about like my, my show's called cancel me baby for crying out loud. Like we all know cancel culture is bad and it's a thing. Yes. Right. Um, and it's stifling, you know, free speech. Like we can, we can say this all day long. However, what would you say, you know, you have also an established comedy show in New York city. I want you to tell us about that, but what would you say to the people who, and I hear this, who are like, cancel culture is not real. Morgan Wallen is back and selling more albums than ever. Roseanne Barr has a new comedy special. You know, even Mindy Kaling got shit. 
because she made a comment about how, you know, the office would be canceled today. And people are so fucking uptight about cancel culture that they're like, it's not, well, then why is it on reruns all day long, Mindy Kaling, right? So it's like cancel culture deniers. So what would you say to that, to them? Well, it is, it's very, very real. Like I was very fortunate with, you know, by loving stand up and loving sketch comedy, when I, when I was, I was soft canceled by Hollywood, you know, you it's like, were? It's, I knew, cause I oh, knew you were very much like involved with the movers and shakers in Hollywood over the years. You have yes. friends in high places and et cetera. It's, uh, what happened? Some reason, I, I think I've been on, I've been on Fox news. I've, I've done specials for Fox nation. I have a sketch comedy show. Uh, that makes fun of the woke and all this stuff. It's called That Show Tonight. Everyone should go to thatshowtonight.com and check it out. So it's like uh, your phone just stops ringing from certain right. elements. Like uh, Soft canceled. I love agent, that. That's kind of what happened to me too out there. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. An agent, an agent of mine calls me up and they're like, hey, uh, you know, ex this these people are thinking about developing this idea for a sitcom and and your writing history is fantastic. They've seen your stand up, they've read your work, they think you're great. Let's schedule a meeting and you're like, "Okay, let's let's do it. Let's schedule a meeting." And then you never hear back. And then I think yeah. what happens I think what happens then is they go and they google me and like, "Oh, he did a special on Fox Nation. Oh, here he is talking to Tucker Carlson. Wow, he's kind of chummy with the people from Fox and Friends." And then they just, then they just bail. So yep. fortunately, you know, stand up and the sketch comedy and that show tonight and the website and the podcast kind of fills that vacuum. But if you don't have that, if you don't have that other way to go, cancel culture is really terrifying. If you're yeah. just, a, if you're just a, a writer in Hollywood and someone discovers you're a conservative, what are you going to do? Work at Best Buy? <laughs> or Radio Shack, if we're really, if there are any of those around still, though. But, right. but, uh, Circuit but yeah. City. What's that? Circuit City. Oh, what a throwback. What a right? throwback. Yeah. And then I'm going to go to Borders Books mm -hmm. and just really call it a day. But I think, too, where it gets so gray is, you know, I'll never forget, it was right on the cusp of cancel culture and Ray Romano said to me and it's on camera but he's and I asked him about this and you know he's like by his own admission the most vanilla comedian right of all time everybody loves Raymond but still like yeah him. he's and, a great guy right and he says you know you have to be able to take the risk and push the boundary because otherwise everyone will be me and that shit is boring right but I interview a lot of these people even still on my podcast and I feel like a common thing that they say in the world of comedy is you know you can be funny without being offensive. Like if it's that offensive, it's, you have to try that hard. It's not funny. That's just, you know, you have to have smart comedy and that's just not smart. And well, I just it, disagree. It has, I to feel be, like it has to be funny. It he, has to be funny. Right. Like um, you can, it's so horrible. You would see these comics, you know, out on the road because as the headliner or you're the main attraction, whatever, you always want to see what they're talking about in front of you you know, to make sure that you don't hit the same area. And every once in a while, you come across this somebody who tells like the most unfunny abortion joke, like the most unfunny abortion. And yeah. then he goes, hey, so I guess you guys are a little touchy-feely. Like, right, no, right, they're, right. they're not. 
they want to laugh. Right. You know? And so, and then, and then they wrap themselves up in, I was being edgy and they didn't like it. Well, that's so true. You should have been funny because they would have liked it a lot more. Right. It could like be Bill- so brazen and offensive, but you're right. If it's funny versus when you hear like the janitor cleaning in the bag, it's like, that's probably the telltale that you lost your crowd, you know? Yeah. And it's like, and that should like- be the bar, not what the actual thing was or was yes. said. Right. Yes. Because like, uh Dave Chappelle said it you know mm-hmm. like I don't say things to hurt your feelings I say the funniest things and sometimes <laughs> your feelings get hurt <laughs> it's too bad for you sorry right what do you think Michael lastly you know being in you know the realm with all of these comedians and your shows and everything you're doing you know what just happened with Woody Harrelson which I can't even believe they allowed that on SNL that's um like shocking but are you finding that comedians are afraid right now? Or are they just like, I don't care, you know, what's A couple of years ago, here's what happened. So I did my stand-up special for Fox Nation, like during the lockdown, you know, they're like, hey, we're thinking about, we're thinking about messing around with comedy. Do you think you could do an hour for us? And I'm like, I'd love to. And that's why I shot it at Nashville. And that was before I met you uh sugar cheeks oh yeah to bring it all back to where we started i was like i am gonna go cry me a river because i was not invited to michael's nashville special (laughs) my god i didn't know you yet you you are so invited for the next one fair enough and so i was i was actually talking to greg gutfeld about this because for Uh me like i love being the underdog i fucking love it that's and like when like when i'm sitting uh, and people are like, dude, that's, you know, that was super funny. It was edgy. Like there's a little bit of danger to it. That's to me, that's sexy as shit. Right. It's like, I used to be in a punk band a million years ago. And I had this feeling like, this is like that same feeling. And I was talking to Gutfeld about it. And this is, you know, cause his show was doing great. And he's like, it is, it's the new punk rock. Like, and you watch it's, it's just happening more and more. Chris Rock's latest special, Dave Chappelle, Joe Rogan, all these guys, their careers are skyrocketing because they're, 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 they're telling the truth. They're being super funny about it. And it's taboo. Everybody loves taboo. We do. But Michael, with that being said, and lastly, before you tell us again, all the great places that we can find you and be in your your goodness um will you given that you know you are on fox all the time it's your crowd will you take aim at uh the conservative crowd too and make you know we all say we got to make fun of ourselves right oh he's like yeah. that was the absolutely <laughs> he's like they're first on the list they're going down now no like, but i will always make fun of the morons like uh lindsey graham we did a lindsey graham thing that was just hilarious like so yeah Everybody is fair game. If you're a hypocrite, if you're a moron, you're fair game. And that's, and that's the wonderful thing. It's like, as, as Saturday Night Live, they're talking about now Saturday Night Live is going to be sticking the dismount, right? That, that's, that's on the radar. Mm-hmm. So the sketch comedy show that I do, that show tonight, you never know what's going to happen. You mm-hmm. never know what angle we're going to hit. And that makes it more exciting. That's yep. the, that's, like Saturday Night Live and comedy, woke comedy has gotten predictable. It's predictable. You know, oh, they're going to go at Trump. They're going to go at it this way. This is going to be their comedic angle. And that's boring. 
And with us, oh, like never knowing, it's exciting. It's titillating. Is he going to kiss my neck or is he going to touch my titty? Where's <laughs> that finger going? It's that. And what is worse than woke comedy? Number one, nothing is funny to them, but you can so tell woke. It's like what you said. It's like the Alec Baldwin Trump shake or like even like Jonah Hill's new movie, like, you know, the chubby white Jew curl guy who's a Jew. Ha ha ha. It's like, you know, in the bounds of like, what's so not funny, but they've deemed it appropriate, right? It's just so boring. Yes. yes. And there's all these like, um, uh, it's all self-deprecating humor. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. All, it's all self-deprecating humor. And like, I want everything. I want the whole buffet. Like when I started doing comedy, you know, it's like, okay, well, there's Carrot Top. He's doing some wacky stuff, but he's making a ton of people laugh. Oh, there's Bill Burr. He's doing something different. Hey, there's Jeff Dunham. He's got a puppet. Like there's, right. I want everything. I want squeaky clean comedy. I want storytellers. I want dirty dudes talking sure. about how they like their dick sucked by their wife, like <laughs> Patrice O'Neill. Patrice O'Neill talking about blowjobs. Hilarious. I want it all. Yeah. And I just love what it stands for in at the core of it. Yes, I love, I watch Friends every night. Like I love the vanilla comedy, but on the other end of it, like if if we can't challenge the establishment and stereotypes and awkward things in real life and you know, all these things, if comedy can't do it, what, like, we are just screwed, so. Right, and then, like, here's what I don't want. I don't want everybody doing political stuff true, either. True, Like, right. I want, I want Seinfeld, and what's yeah. the deal with that? I want right. all of it, and, you know, and as, as a sitcom yeah. guy, I used to have, uh, do you remember a show called Two Broke Girls? Of course. So, a buddy of mine was ri a writer on Two Broke Girls, and then, in the meantime, I was writing on this show with Charlie Sheen called Anger Management. Sure, was, yeah, yeah. And it was like the same time slot. And these writers would be like, oh, that two broke girls, that's low brow. It's so e blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, let's look at their ratings, right? Like, so let's be, let's be funnier than that. So you can, don't count, don't yeah. count other people's money. Don't have arguments with people who aren't in the room and just mind your own business. Individuals. Yeah. Charlie Sheen's a nice man, by the way. I've interviewed him. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but nice man. He's a great dude. He's yeah. a great dude. I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed hanging out with him for a yeah. couple of years. Yeah. Very much. Like when I interviewed him, it was like soccer dad. He's like, you know, I'm just carpooling my kids to school. I'm like, who would have, who would have thunk it, Charlie? Charles. Um, all right, Michael, this was so much fun. I am so sorry I went over my time, but I'm actually not sorry because, you know, I have to educate myself on how to stay in the bounds of podcasting <laughs> time. Um, but where can we find you? Obviously the Loftus party and many of the great things you're doing in your new book and all the good things. Here's people, people need uh, the Loftus party.com and that show tonight.com. Uh, and if they want to go on Amazon and pick up a copy of neither stunning nor brave that that would be awesome but that's it those are those, no. those are the websites michael so i did a 1984 book club and maybe and i it was in 2020 and i talked to my audience about perhaps doing a uh, another book club and maybe neither stunning nor brave will be our next uh whoa our uh, next choice i'm gonna have to go subscribe to somebody's only fans <laughs> exactly equality am i right um michael thank you so much what a time i can't wait to dethrone nikki haley and trump and um 
all these people. We will, you know, we'll reconvene the line and make Start it Start it. of Nashville, governor of Tennessee, Done. the White House. Done. Done. Thank you, Michael, so much. I apologize again for going over time. You're beautiful. We'll do it again.